and welcome to another episode of Hear No Evil. That's right, we're still here, we're still going. And I am so excited to be recording this episode with Hear No Evil's very first special guest host, my mom, Lori. What's Hello, up, mom? Hello, everybody. I'm great, honey. How are you? I'm good, mom. I'm very proud of you. This is really cool. Aw, thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> my mom and I just got done eating a big Polish dinner. And now we're having large glasses of wine, so that's nice. <laughs> it's really, really nice. <laughs> Our family is very Polish. Well, my stepfather is very Polish. Bloodline, wish... not so much. <laughs> but that's okay. Right, well, we've kind of adopted it. We like to think that we're Polish now. The food is amazing. The food is so good. I would become Polish just for the Kluski noodles. There we go. I would, <laughs> absolutely. I don't know if that's a thing you can do, but you can try. <laughs> can you convert to Polishness? I mean, you can... Well, you know, you can try. You can try. See, here's the funny thing is that when people ask us what we are, I'm like, well, we're kind of, we're kind of Irish. And people are like, what do you mean we're kind of Irish? I'm like, well, we're Welsh, which is kind of like knockoff Irish. It's not really full blown. And English and French and Canadian with a twist of hillbilly. (laughs) So you got to love that. Yeah, you got to love that. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, that I cannot deny. <laughs> Not even a and I wear it well. Yeah, we do. So, okay. Oh, absolutely. What does that? How does that Miranda Lambert song go? Um, go. It takes all kinds of kinds. It does. It does take all kinds of kinds. We love Miranda Lambert. She's Amen. kind of our our number one. Okay. So really quick before we get started, Mom, I just want to ask you a few quick questions so the people could get to know you a bit. I hope that's okay. Excellent. Uh, question number one: What are some of your favorite true crime movies or TV shows? Um, Law and Order SUV. SUV. Or what is it? SVU. You know what I've been watching a lot of? What? British. Ooh, like. Um, like police shows. Really? They're really kind of quirky. <laughs> I like them. So I'm imagining just like, you know, a guy getting pulled over and the cop kind of saunters up and he's like, hey, am I? <laughs> I go for a bit of a speed of that one, shot. <laughs> you know, they're just kind of quirky. I like them. I can't quote one for you, but yeah. um, church, something church. Something church. Broad church? Broad church. Okay. You got to watch Wait, them. Wait, isn't that with David Tennant? I couldn't help you. I okay. don't know. But it could be. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> because if it's David Tennant, a.k.a. my favorite doctor, the 10th Doctor from Doctor Who, then I will absolutely watch it. You have to watch it. I will, absolutely. Okay, great. And then um, you are actually the one who turned me on to Criminal Minds. Oh, that's right. So, yes. Criminal Minds is probably one of my favorite shows of all time. So is Law, Law & Order SUV. Um, <laughs> vroom. <laughs> vroom. Law & Order Vroom. <laughs> but the Criminal Minds thing, you gotta, you can't watch too much of that. That, no, ooh. it'll fuck with you. Oh. It'll fuck with you really bad. You know, and then you don't sleep well at night. No, you don't. Actually, just last night, Jamie, my boyfriend Jamie and I watched an episode where these three girls came home. One girl goes around back to, like, pull the trash can, the, like, big trash can up to the house. And as she's going up the back steps, someone just comes up behind her and just, like, lassos a string around her neck and pulls her backwards and I'm just like no fucking thank you see and now you're <laughs> never gonna want to deal with the trash exactly again. so exactly like like that that's scary shit trash is a pretty inane thing you should be able to deal with your trash without without the fear of being lassoed <laughs> exactly it was terrifying and then they all ended up in a bunker I mean I realized wow that, that went bad, yeah yeah <laughs> Okay. It escalated very quickly. <laughs> Although, the last thing I want to say about Criminal Minds, though, is I know everybody 
thinks Shamar Moore is the thirst trap on that show. Not that my mom knows what I mean by <laughs> thirst trap. <laughs> the look on my face would say it all, but you can't see it. <laughs> do you know what it means to be thirsty? I believe I do. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, colloquially. <laughs> oh, that? <now. laughs> so if you're thirsty, it means you, you think someone is hot. So he's a thirst trap because people think he's hot. Got it. <laughs> That is a very strange term. <laughs> no, it's, it's a very strange term. <laughs> but no, what I'm trying to say is... And I teach high school. I've never heard that. Oh, that's true. That That's the funny thing about it. She does teach high school. I do. I think they clean their language up for me, which I'm very, very grateful for. Well, most of the time. No, they're good. Okay, that's good. They're actually good. No, but the true, the true hottie on that show, as everybody knows, is Matthew Gray Gubbler, a.k.a. Dr. Spencer Reed. The nerd man of you my dreams. always tend toward nerds. All right? <laughs> go. You go, girl. I love my nerds. I All do. right. Okay. Question two. And be honest, okay? Aye. Do, do you believe in aliens? Um, I believe they're out there. Do I believe they're among us? Not so much. Yeah, I don't know so much about that either. So you're not big into the whole reptilian conspiracy no. where some people are reptilians and shit like that? No, yeah. but I last semester I had a kid that would... um. He was heavy into conspiracy theories, and Ooh, really? he would always, he draws really well. Okay. So he would draw about, like, the aliens that oh, exist amongst me. us, really? and it would be on my whiteboards. It <laughs> made me sick, because I would have to erase them. Because <laughs> I'm sure this kid's going to be, like, really famous one day. Oh, my God. And, Wait, what was he drawing? Oh, my word. It, amazing. Uh-huh. Just about, you know, how mm-hmm. aliens can hide among us. Wow. and it was That's just, incredible. You should have taken some pictures. I know. Maybe. I, I don't think I had, like, them. Um, Maybe he's a reptilian. You never know. You know what? <laughs> You're like, that would explain That so explains much. so very much. But I love him anyway. Exactly. The thing I do, um, I do believe in spirits. Okay, because that was the next question. Oh, do you okay. believe in ghosts? So are ghosts and spirits the same thing to you or no? I think so. I don't know that spirits are all always bad and evil. Right. I agree with that very much so. And I don't think that ghosts are either mm-hmm. like in this house mm. just so people know right i moved into my um husband's family home so my stepdad's family home right and his wife had passed mm-hmm. and i always got a sense that she was here i kind of did too and i not as strongly as you did but i i did get little nudges right but it was then. never a fearful thing no never it was always a very calm presence yes because she was a very spiritual mm-hmm. person she was amazing yeah. person so i just mm-hmm. never it was i never have yeah reacted to it in a fearful way and i've always wondered if the reason she could be felt so strongly here is because she's buried so close by oh that could be i mean she's so close yeah the cemetery is right you like of- through the woods Back there. And over the hill. <laughs> no, I don't know that there's much of a hill. No, but, but it's go. really not far from here at all. Right. So that's crazy. But yeah, I yeah. definitely believe in ghosts. I've never had a paranormal experience, but I want to. I have. What? Yeah. What the fuck? I am 26 years old and my mother. Shh. What? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. now you have to tell me and then we'll start the episode. I'm all sorry, right. everybody. I okay. need to hear this now. So um, this was while Mike and I were dating. And Mike is my stepfather. Yes, sorry. No, you're not. And um, I was teaching a fitness class. My mother is also a big fitness person. She was a personal trainer for like what? 27 some years. Yeah, so yeah. she's she's working on her fitness and I'm her witness, okay? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but 
Um, I in my office, which had a window that overlooked the aerobic room, I always had a weird sense in there, like somebody oh, I remember was watching that, me. That big, yeah. kind of like black tinted window yes. in your office. I yes. do have that thing. Always gave me a weird vibe too. Yeah. So it overlooked the aerobic room, and one time I went in to teach aerobics, mm-hmm. and. I turned real quick, one of the movements in the routine, Yeah, and there was a woman standing there in a full white what? bridal gown and veil, but her face was all sunken <gasps> and... Mom, you saw a lady in white! I did. Holy shit, you saw a lady in white at the pinnacle? Yeah. And oh my god! I stopped cold, like I had a room full of people taking the class, uh-huh. and I couldn't keep going. That's... Because it totally Cause it scared flipped you so me much? out. Yeah. You didn't, like, yell or anything? No, it took, kinda, me, like, a few, it took yeah. me a few minutes to get it back together. But then, that was when, okay, weird alert. Weird alert. Okay, so your dad was still living at the house. We were divorced. Yes. My mom and dad are divorced. Yeah. Like most other people's parents are in this country. <laughs> but for financial reasons, he was still living at the house. Mm-hmm. And he Which was, was super fun for me as a teenager. No, awkward. <laughs> Seriously awkward. So, um... I came home, mm-hmm. and he's a psychologist also, and yes. I was trying to tell him, and I just started crying, and yeah. he totally, totally was like, yeah, that happens. There are spirits, like, so yeah. when you have him on, oh. you're going to have All right, I'll an talk interesting to, I'm gonna, take yeah, on that. I'm going to talk to him about that. I've never heard that story. I cannot I'm believe. So surprised. I have never heard that story, but I believe you 100%. That's yeah, it was crazy. Mm. Oh a little unsettling. Gosh. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yes. That's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> okay, I know I say I want a paranormal experience, but mm. here's the thing. Until is that, that happens. If that happened to me, I'd shit a brick right there in the aerobic <sighs> studio. Like, well, trying to get it back together was the hard part. Oh, my God. Did anyone notice? Like, did anyone oh, look at you? I, like, what is wrong yeah. with her? Oh I my. stopped probably for three or four minutes. Like, seriously. Oh, my God. The music Did you calling. tell anyone? Did you? There were a couple of people in the class I was friends with that yeah. I told them, but the rest of them just thought, I don't know, I had like a gastrointestinal attack. <laughs> She's experiencing gastrointestinal distress. <laughs> Every time she thinking. kicks. <laughs> you know, they were cool about me waiting. So, <laughs> but wait, so the friends, the friends you told though, did they Tamara believe and you? Randy. Okay, I know Tamara and Randy. They're yeah. very great people. Did they believe they you? They were cool. Yeah, they're very spiritual people. Well, they so are. Very, the idea. Tamara like, and Randy are their own fun kind of version of weird, aren't they? I love them. Quirky and no, I love quirky. them too. They're they're yes. fucking great. Yes, I love they them. Are. Quirky and weird. Okay, so really quick before we get started, thank you so much to the I can now officially say this hundreds of people who have listened so far, um, and the hundreds of followers I've gained on Instagram. I have woken up every morning this past week with just the biggest smile on my face <laughs> because I'm just grateful that not only am I making a cool show I can be proud of, other groovy guys, gals, and non-binary pals are enjoying it too. Do you like that? Guys, gals, you did and... that yourself, didn't you? No, no, I heard it somewhere oh, else, okay. but isn't it great? I love it. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Yeah. So um, I, I hope you keep coming back to listen. I promise you won't be disappointed, and the show is only going to get better from here. Um, all right, Mom. Are you ready to hear the story of Francis and Bill Hall and Bonnie Contreras? I have a gut feeling I'm not going to like Bill, but let's move on. No, you're not going to like Bill. <laughs> That's okay. Before we get started, my mother and I have, we both have our, our own history with um unsavory men is unsavory the right word i don't know that's scary that's insane. just I don't know why i thought of unsavory. 
you know, not, not <laughs> well, very committed. Not well there we committed. There we go, there we go, well committed. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't think of a, you know, okay. the we'll technical term. There. Sure, so we're going to start in the great city of San Antonio, Texas. I've never been there. I've heard it's great. I haven't been there. Um, that's where the Alamo is, I believe, the Riverwalk. You're looking at, like, okay. Can't help you. Right. <laughs> See, I've never been to Texas because I'm a liberal, so they would in- oh, instantly. <laughs> El Paso. Uh, oh, is it pretty there? What I saw of it. Okay. I was at a conference. It was nice. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, you were. I remember now. Okay. Um, so we're going to start in, in the great city of San Antonio, Texas, with a love story of two high school sweethearts who fell in love at first sight. Um, <laughs> Bill Hall Jr. met Francis at the tender age of 16. Francis states in an interview with Dateline that from the moment she met him, she knew he was the man that she was going to. I've never felt that before. <laughs> you don't want to buy into that when right. you're 16. <laughs> right. right, exactly. I've never looked at someone and been like, I'm going to marry that person. I, I just, anyway. Uh, so Bill and yes, her. Have. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously in the relationship I'm in now, I just don't... We can move on. It's right, fine. yeah. <laughs> Bill and her started dating, and they were married very soon after graduating high school when they were only 18. So they got married when they were 18 years old. Uh, Frances gave birth to their first child, a daughter they named Nikki, just a year later. So she was 19 when they give, gave birth to their first child. It sounds child. like the story of Mike and Mary. It does? Oh, wow. Mary was my step dad's um former wife late wife yeah late wife not former well both but if you say former sorry so (laughs) yeah um, they were right out of high school yeah um and then their son justin came four years after nikki so that would have meant that francis was 23 when she gave birth to justin so 23 with already two little kids that's pretty stressful i would imagine um, unsurprisingly, Francis and Bill were on the verge of being completely broke when they got married, but they were a really good match for each other. They seemed to build off of each other's strengths, giving the other exactly what they needed to stay motivated and dedicated. Um, they decided to start... I promise you, I have not had that much wine. <laughs> <laughs> so the young couple decided to start their own trucking business, and they purchased their first truck in the early 1980s. And this truck quickly grew into a fleet of 130 trucks as the Halls built Bill Hall Jr. trucking from the ground up. Um, So they were very hardworking, salt-of-the-earth people. They weren't handed anything in life. Like, they really worked hard for what they had. Um, And eventually, Bill Hall Jr.'s trucking was worth $15 million. That's a crap ton of money. Like, that's a lot of money. Um, Their oldest child, their daughter Nikki, said in an interview with 48 48 Otters, (laughs) there are no otters there are no otters unfortunately i promise (laughs) just don't (laughs) them otters (laughs) no no he they were otters but he called them beavers look up look up um snoop dog narrates planet earth you won't be disappointed (laughs) okay do you remember that i do okay So, um, memories. Yes, yes. So, Francis's and Bill's daughter Nikki said they had a really, really great relationship. They had a really great home life. Now, here's the thing about Bill and Francis not only were they married and had this family together, but they also owned a business together. They worked together. Now, that can get hairy. Well, it's a lot of time to spend together. Yes, exactly. Like being quarantined and (laughs) stay at home orders. Challenging for relationships, may I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I called my mom this morning upset. <laughs> I haven't wanted to kill Mike yet. 
I haven't wanted to kill Jamie yet. <laughs> no, I haven't wanted to kill him, but it's there have been a few points where I've been wanted to like, if you could just go away. There you oh, go. wait, See? you can't go anywhere. No, because it's a stay-at-home order. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on, sorry. Um, yeah, so they work together. That could make things hairy. Um, but I just had to reference this because I just thought it was so funny. So Nikki, their daughter, was like, yeah, they would have uh, their occasional argument about business, money, management decisions, things like that, but they would all come home at the end of the day to be a big, happy, loving family. Uh, the fights were not like the knockdown, drag-out type. Uh, they didn't hold grudges. They didn't fight in front of their kids. It really seemed they had somehow achieved a perfect balance in both their professional and working and personal romantic relationships. Um, but I have to reference this because I just thought it was so funny. Uh, quote for quote, Nikki, the daughter, said in a 48 Hours interview, at the end of the day, they came home together. Mom cooked dinner. Dad was there. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what she said. Mom cooked dinner. Dad was there. In his lazy boy. In his lazy boy, <laughs> drinking a Dos Equis. Lots of beer. Lots of Dos Equis. Um, so, um, anyway. <laughs> okay, and again, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody here, but Bill liked to call Frances. He had an affectionate little pet name for her. He would call her Vieja, which in Spanish translates to old lady. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Francis, no. You deserve better than that, honey. <laughs> wow. Because, like, it sounded like he called her that even when she wasn't older. And she wasn't even that old when this happened. She wasn't old at all. She was in her 40s. So he was calling her an old lady when she was, like, in her 20s and 30s. Your grandpa's <laughs> nickname for your grandmother yeah. was Skis. You know what? why? <laughs> Fuck! Grandpa! Be because of her nose. Wait. Like, it was a ski your, slope. Your mother? Yes. So my dad, Albert, Albert, Albert called Mary, Mary Louise. Louise a skis yeah. because of her nose. Yeah. That's so mean, Grandpa. Well, he'll, <laughs> they, they, they'll tell you that it was skisic and there was some cartoon on TV kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's interesting. But <laughs> I cannot stress enough just how much these two loved each other. Like everybody in their lives said that throughout their 32 year long marriage, they truly believed Francis and Bill were soulmates. Like, they were the loves of each other's lives. And Bill was completely devoted to Francis and to his children. Um, and I think it's also important to note that Bill really did work his ass off to provide for his family and build a better life for them. Um, Francis did as well. They both worked really hard together. Um, so a lazy, selfish, unkind man, Bill Hall Jr. was not. Quite the opposite, actually. But Bill, like a lot of men, had one fatal flaw. He could not, for the life of him, turn off his downstairs brain. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was wondering if you had understood what I meant when I said downstairs wow. brain. Wow. <sighs> yeah. I just felt that was better than saying. It's great. Yeah, yeah let's okay. just stay with that. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, the one who lives in men's pants. <laughs> Thanks. I don't... Did you actually write that in I your did. notes? That's not necessary. <laughs> Okay, moving because on. Because I didn't know if you would get it or not. I don't Whoa. I don't really know if we can call it a brain, actually, because that would imply it has the capacity to make smart decisions, and any man acting upon the whims of his genitals is not about to make good life decisions. Can we agree on that? Are we moving into Bill's bad life decisions? We are moving into Bill's bad life decisions, oh unfortunately. Oh my word. Okay, here we go. Okay, so when Nikki and Justin, the two kids, left the house, Bill started going through what one might call his midlife crisis. Okay. But, see, I don't, I wouldn't really even call it a crisis because I think he was having a great time. 
Like, he just, it wasn't like... Crisis doesn't mean, like, he's crumbling. Right. It just means they're, like, trying to recapture their youth, right? Is that what this this kind of shit is about? It's a difference between gentrification and stagnation. You did psychology, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, gentrification means that you want to pass on all your wisdom and you're cool with being older and elderly, right? Right, right. Okay. Stagnation means you get stuck. So that's why young people who don't want to grow up, like those young, immature kind of dudes and girls are called stags. Well, mostly dudes. Oh, hey. I didn't ever put that together. I just put that together, and that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? (laughs) Probably. Yes. That's it. Okay. Okay, so he was kind of like trying to re-enter a stag phase, which you can't really do when you're in your 50s and married with children and grandchildren. Right. (laughs) But it's also like really putting a lot of pressure on the brakes like he realizes how old he is he's just refusing to get any older oh yeah anyone yeah. can do that right right exactly right? okay well and and the the way bill tried to do this was a way a lot of men tried to do it he was super into fast cars and things like that like he was really into that's so trite i know he was super and wow. well i mean he was already into trucking which apparently his family was in that business for generations which is why he started his own trucking company so he's already really big into cars he buys himself a Harley Davidson Street Glide, which is uh, apparently a super expensive form of a Harley Davidson motorcycle, and he customized it, customized it, and painted it powder blue, which was the signature color of Bill Hall Jr. Trucking. He just had a fleet of powder blue trucks. Uh huh. <laughs> no, they were nice. I saw them in the in the Forty Eight Hours documentary. They looked really manly. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, he loved vehicles, and he especially loved them if they went very, very fast. He was regularly attending car shows and conventions, and guess who he met at these car shows and conventions? Women! (laughs) Yes. Lots and lots of women. All right. Women who were not his wife. (laughs) But that didn't seem to matter much to Bill, because... Self-respecting women? Well... That's to be debated. Here's okay. the thing. Here's the thing is that we don't know. We don't know the individual stories of these other women. We have no idea if they knew Bill was married or not. They might have thought he wasn't. It, mm-hmm. it, no, it's it's completely possible. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Just keep moving. <laughs> um, so Bill was, unbeknownst to many people, a serial adulterer. He cheated on Francis several times with several other women over the course of their marriage, but Francis always found out. And to be clear, I'm not sure if she found out herself or if Bill told her, but in any case, she always forgave him every single time. Not me. You fuck up once, and I'm out once Okay, so we gotta stop there. We gotta stop there? We gotta stop there. Okay. Because, you know, this is like the whole Hillary Clinton thing, and everybody, all the women were mad at Hillary because she didn't kick him to the curb, right? Right. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, like, first of all, there are years that go into relationships. This is true. And you don't know, like... The internal workings of right. somebody's relationship with oh, another human being. Oh, absolutely. And if there is, if you will, a a grooming or a <gasps> yes, it's a very manipulative process. Right, and, and we're going to talk about that. And a person, you know, the female, not always the female, but yeah, because this happens to men too, tends to lose the ability to feel that they can provide for themselves yes that they can survive yes. without the other and yes thus they're willing to accept things that mm-hmm. from the outside most people say mm-hmm. is completely unacceptable and what we need to remember about francis and bill is that they had been together since they were teenagers yes so she, yeah. what other relationship does she know she doesn't she exactly. was never with any other man besides bill okay so she literally knows 
nothing else. Okay, so I'm not judging her. I'm not judging her either. I was just saying, like, in my case, like, I'm the kind of person who, like... But at the same time, were it 20 years from now, and I had been married to a guy for 20 years, and he cheated on me then, and we had, like, three children together, I might have a very different outlook, and I might not be quite as easy for me to leave him. And I can completely understand why that would be. Right. Um... Now, this was the part of the 48 Hours episode that just boiled my blood. So, Bill's cousin Hank was interviewed, um, and Hank said that Bill loved Frances with all his heart and didn't want to leave her, but then he goes on to say that when Bill cheated the first time and Frances forgave him, Bill took that forgiveness as a pass to continue being unfaithful. Literally, like he was a five-year-old kid who you let get away with stealing a cookie once, and then that kid decides, well, guess that means I can have a cookie whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> like, this cheating mentality makes no sense to me. He's, away with it again. <laughs> but he's not five. No, he's not five. No, exactly. That's what's fucked up about it, is that he completely understands how messed up it is and how wrong it is, but he continues to try to do it. Yeah, I'm not giving him a pass. Oh, no, I'm not giving him a pass either. No. I'm, uh, that's why it boiled my blood was that, like, in Bill's mind, it was like, oh, it's okay because she's not that upset about it. And I'm like, mm. wow, okay. Okay, so, we can change that. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so Bill's on an infidelity spree, just can't keep it in his pants. And soon after, soon after, soon enough, he meets 28-year-old Bonnie Contreras. <laughs> Bill was 56, so that's a nearly 30-year age, age difference between them. That's a lot, in my opinion. Yeah, but opinion. that's not all that unusual. No, I guess for me, it's just, yeah. I don't find older men attractive. Even George Clooney, I don't think he's that good looking. It just... Don't tell your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> She'll he's, be very upset. <laughs> uh, does grandma have a thing for George Clooney? She does indeed. I had no idea. That's adorable. <laughs> I had no idea that yeah. grandma had a crush on me. Yeah, George she Clooney. does. I love that. My mother's 94. She And so. she's a badass. <laughs> yeah, My grandma's is. the coolest person on this earth. She gave birth to how many children? 13. 13. Yeah. Yeah, and you thought you were tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the, like, you know, through the... You, you were born in the 60s. 60s. So, that, so most of your brothers so and be... sisters were born in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jim is in his seventies, so what is that? Was he born in the <laughs> late forties? Do I don't need. I so don't that would no, that I'm not doing like, mental math. I'm not doing right that now. Absolutely awful. not. No. Okay, here we go. Um, so Bonnie is like a mistress plucked straight from a soap opera, straight from a telenovela. I shit you not, but uh, Bonnie would just like to make it clear that she is not a mistress. She was so much more than that to Bill. She would just like everyone to be aware of that. Thanks for bringing that <laughs> up. <laughs> no, I just, that made me want to puke. She was like, no, Bill and I were in love. And I'm like, girl, shove it, okay? Um, she used to work as an exotic dancer. And guess what? We're not going to shame Bonnie for that here yeah. because we don't shame strippers, sex workers, or any occupation on this show. No slut shaming on this podcast, now or never, no matter how unpleasant the woman in question might be. And Bonnie is highly unpleasant. <laughs> she's okay. highly unpleasant. But it's not because of her job. But it's not because of her job. It's because of her personality <laughs> that you go. are about to learn about. Yeah, okay. So, um, she and Bill met at a spinach festival. Flutter goes the heart. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding. I, I know. Some shit you can't make up. Okay, let's she go. She was working at a booth with her aunt, and they were selling chicken on a stick. <laughs> they were selling chicken on a stick. And Bill is walking through the crowd with a few of his friends. 
why he was at a spinach festival, I don't fucking know. But he's at a spinach festival. This is a desperate man. <laughs> with with way is, too much time on his hands. I know, hands. and Bonnie's not making this up because, like, his friends who were there corroborated. They were like, yeah, we were at this spinach festival. So, according to Bonnie... They like locked eyes, and it was just oh, like love it for yeah. It was just the exact same. Go. Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. That's how. That's what she said. <laughs> you should see the face my mom's looking. <laughs> oh my god! But here's my thing: is that I feel like for Bill, Bill was at this festival, and he was like, "I'm fucking trying to starving." Find the spinach chick, and there's no <laughs> no. He was like, "I'm fucking starving, and there's only spinach to eat here, which is gross." Well, I like spinach, but Bill doesn't. Bill doesn't like spinach in this. You know, scenario. I don't. I think you're way off track. And no, and he like, hold on. And he's like super hungry, and then he smells the chicken. delicious scent of cooking chicken, and then that's when he sees Bonnie, and he locks eyes, and Bonnie's like holding aloft a, a piece of chicken on his. So stick. he falls in love with the chicken. He's on like, his stick. Fell in love she with falls the... in love with Bill. <laughs> that's my theory. And you really think her booth is the only meat booth? Okay, that's fine. Well, I don't know. No, I'm just saying that's the one he came across first. <laughs> If he had gone to the other booth, he would have okay. met a very nice man named Dave. <laughs> and not, how different life would be? <laughs> how different life would be? Um, so, Bonnie's and Bill's affair ramped up very quickly. Ooh. They apparently met and started spending time together every single day. Bonnie claims that when she... that girl can cook. Right. <laughs> she can make some chicken on a stick like you wouldn't fucking believe. Like nobody's business. Like nobody's business. Um, so, Bonnie claims that when she met Bill, he was not wearing a wedding ring. Which is definitely believable, considering his philandering. So, she also claims that Bill told her he was separated from his wife, and they were going through a divorce, and um, that was more than good enough for Bonnie. She took him at his word and never questioned him again about it. Um, Again, I can believe that Bill would say those things to cover his tracks. Bill had an affectionate nickname for Bonnie as well. Remember how he called um, Francis Vieja? Uh, Yeah. He called Bonnie Gorda, which means chubby lady. (laughs) This man's a dick. <laughs> Could we just stop right there? Mom, mom, we wow. can't we can't be too mean to him. No, there's a reason why. <laughs> what? Well, he's not okay. alive anymore, so we can't be too mean to him. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, this... <laughs> oh, my God. Moving on. Yes. Anyway, so Bill is, of course, very wealthy, and he's just lavishing gifts and trips, all sorts of fun things, onto his gorda. Um, he's paying for her to go to expensive spas. He's taking her on fancy vacations. He paid her rent. He bought her not one, but two cars. One was a Mercedes and the other was a BMW. Driving up those credit cards. Right, Jesus Christ. He even paid for her to have breast implants. Of course he did Of that. course he did. So, and of course he also bought her a five carat diamond ring. Bonnie says it was like their mini promise ring, engagement ring kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <clears throat> so... This is where the story officially splits. We've got Francis's version of the story from here on out, and we've got Bonnie's version of the story from here on out. And then you get to decide who you believe. Then my mother and I will be very vocal about who we believe, because this is my show. Sorry, and... you got the marriage license. <laughs> and you got the... But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can also see the other side sort of kind of a little bit, but not as much. Um. Anyway, so Francis claims that on Friday, September 13th, so Friday the 13th, of Dece- of um, 2013, so it was doubly bad. Dang. Yeah, Bonnie called her out of the blue and said, you don't know me, but I'm having an affair with your husband. 
Uh, Bonnie, of course, denies this phone call ever happened. In fact, Bonnie states that Francis had been aware of the extramarital relationship for years, and they had once even spoken over the phone about the financial arrangements of a divorce. This makes no sense for several reasons. Thing number first. (laughs) (laughs) Thing one. Thing one. Why the fuck would you talk to your husband's mistress about the financial arrangements of an impending divorce? And secondly, Bill was lying about him and Francis being legally separated and planning to divorce. So that doesn't make any sense. Um, To Francis and everyone else, all was well in the long and happy marriage of Bill and Francis Hall. So like, you know, this claim that they were planning on getting divorced, no one else corroborates that. Only Bonnie is the one saying that. So make of that what you will, right? Um, wait, <laughs> I really lost my place. So did Bonnie's friends none of Bonnie see ever that's, meet Bill? There's no See, I don't really know because in all of my sources, Bonnie is the only person on her side of the story. Bonnie doesn't have a mom or a dad or friends or siblings or anybody else coming forward and being like, this is what I heard. This is where I was at in the situation. But do those people exist? Like, I'm sure they probably do, but I couldn't find okay. anything anywhere. That's why I tend to believe Francis because Francis has all these people backing her up. But okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, also, I guess a few of Bill's friends and relatives from, the, from Bill's side of the family knew about Bonnie and didn't tell Francis which is pretty shitty, in my opinion. I just want to throw that out there. Been there. Can I just say this really quick? When I was in high school, my best friend, who I had been best friends with since kindergarten, my mom knows who I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. she kind of started hanging out with the quote-unquote popular crowd. And, you know, I didn't like any of those people. But she became really good friends with this girl who was super selfish and stuck up, and I just really didn't like her. But this girl was, like hooking up with another guy who I know for a fact was dating another girl. And this girl was, like, really sweet and just adored her boyfriend and, like, was just one of the nicest girls I've ever met in my life. And I talked to my friend and I was like, you need to tell this other girl what you know, and she wouldn't do it. And I, at the time, didn't feel like I could come forward and say anything because I didn't know the other girl personally. Like, I knew who she was, but we weren't friends. So I didn't feel brave enough to be like, hey... I know this about your boyfriend. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to this day, I kind of wish I had said something. Well, this this is living life in that fallacy that hookups, nobody gets hurt, right? Oh, God. I don't know why people think that. A lot of people live by that, and <laughs> I don't buy into it either. I, but. I don't like that at all. Um, okay, anyway. Secondly, Bonnie also states that Francis during this supposed divorce discussion was going on and on about how Bonnie couldn't have any of their properties or assets or money they made from the business. And Bonnie makes it obnoxiously clear that she isn't interested in any of that stuff because she didn't want Bill's money. (laughs) I ain't buying that. I'm not buying that. Please, Bonnie. (laughs) Please go tell that to your Mercedes, your BMW, your five carat ring, and your fucking breast implants. So this doesn't make any sense on so many levels. Bonnie seems to be a really bad but very frequent liar and someone who's interested in manipulating the narrative. Um, And third and finally, Bonnie apparently revealed the affair to Francis as a way to get back at Bill. So Bonnie leaves this part out because she says it's not true, but Bill and Bill, well, Bill not anymore says it because he's gone. Bill's not saying anything. He's not saying anything anymore. But when he was around, this is what he was saying. And this is what his friends who knew about the affair still say to this day. Um, So 
Bill had actually grown tired of the relationship and just wasn't as interested in Bonnie anymore as he used to be. And this sudden turn in affection turned Bonnie into a psycho rage monster. Um, on Friday the 13th, That's she... quite a title. Yeah, she blew up Bill's phone with calls and messages threatening to call his wife. Bill never answered or paid her the attention she was obviously seeking, so she did exactly that, and she called Francis. So she called, she called Francis and told her about the affair, not out of, like, the goodness of her heart or anything like that, but because she was trying to get back at Bill for not paying attention to her. Um, now, we know Bill has cheated before. So this is a somewhat familiar situation for Francis, which is really sad when you think about it. But she is completely heartbroken and furious, confronts Bill. Bill breaks down sobbing. Because the, there's all, it always ends with the promise that... It's not going to happen again. It will never happen again. And, and that's then, why I say, once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah, those yeah. stripes don't change. Exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> so she's like, is this true? He's like, yeah, it's true. And then she says, how long has this been going on? How long <laughs> has this been going on? Sorry. Um, Here and, we go. And Bill tells her three years. And Francis is shattered because none of his other trysts have ever lasted this long. Like, they were more like weekend flings or one night stands. So Francis says to him, and I thought this was very poignant, quote, this is not an affair. This is a relationship, unquote. Well, the other thing, having been in this situation, mm -hmm. is then you start thinking back through those three years mm -hmm. and all the conversations you've had mm -hmm. and when yeah and all of the things that mm -hmm. you've done and the times you've been intimate and right the, and right. you really want right. to be able to take all that back and like, you can't could i go backwards three years please because i'd like to never have lived through that and it feels i don't people who haven't been cheated on don't understand this it feels tainted everything is all of that stuff feels tainted yes and and you can't you can't take that scar away once it's there. Nope. So, yeah. You can um, move past it, mm -hmm. but you can't undo it. Right. Like, there's no forgetting. Right. And you know what? I am not trying to shit on anybody who's ever cheated on someone before because I know that a lot of people who cheat really regret it and really wish they hadn't done it. But at the same time, it's like... He's serial. Well, yeah. No, we're not talking about Bill. We're talking about people who, like... A one time a is one, not like yeah. this oh, dude. I I like to I like to make that clear. By the way, like there's a very big difference between somebody who like drunkenly hooks up with someone else or even soberly hooks up with someone else one night and it's a mistake versus someone who is a serial adulterer or has an affair going on for months or years. 3 years. Yeah, like those two things are heck? very very different. Um because someone who does that who just has like a, a one night stand or a fling, that can be recovered from. I think it's hard to, but it can be recovered from. Yeah. Um, somehow, despite all of this, um, it again seems like Francis was willing to try to forgive Bill. Bless her heart. Right? And move past this ugly chapter. Bill, for his part, was deeply torn between the two women at first. Oh, shoot him now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oops. That came out. <laughs> okay, no. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, his cousin, Hank good old Hank, said he'd never seen Bill so confused or unsure of what to do in his whole life. Um, he did this. Yeah, I know. It's really stupid. Okay. But... I have no sympathy. I don't either. But I think he began to see the light when Bonnie really went into crazy mode. Um, she started... And some bitches can do crazy so well. Oh, God. Bonnie does crazy very, very 
Wow. Yeah, so Would you like to I'm, hear about all the crazy shit I Bonnie wanna did? I want to hear it. All I right, we're going to find out, because I have the other shit on here. Okay. So, here. Bonnie, now Bonnie denies all of this. Oh, come on now. But there's own multiple it. sources. Yeah. Anyway. If you're good at it, just own it. Come right. on. So, Bonnie started driving past the family home, taking pictures of their home. She would sit outside of their home in her car and take pictures of their house and then send them to Bill and Francis so that... So they that knew they, she was stopping. so that they knew that she was there. She would she would get out of her car and go into their driveway and take pictures of their cars when their children and their grandchildren were in the home. Is this going to be like dead cat kind of stuff? No, no, she didn't get she didn't oh, do any okay. of that. Okay. Um, she did, however, at some point during her relationship with Bill, and this is confirmed by um, Bill's daughter Nikki. Uh, Bonnie created a fake Facebook profile, added all of Bill's family, Francis, his children all of his friends, anybody she could think of. And then she would use that to, like, gather information on his family. And if he bought Francis a big present or took Francis on a big, expensive vacation, she would use that to blackmail him and be like, now you have to buy me something or you have to take me on a vacation. No, she wasn't about the money. (laughs) No, she didn't want any money. She only wanted his love. Oh, dear. dear. (laughs) She apparently stalked Francis. She knew... Where Francis worked, she knew Francis's comings and goings from her home. She apparently followed Francis into a grocery store one time. She apparently followed Bill and Francis into a movie theater one time. Um, my mom's looking at me like, this fucking bitch. <laughs> there's crazy, and then there's fucking crazy. Yeah, um, and while all of this was happening, she was bombarding Francis with the nastiest text messages calling her old and fat and ugly and telling her... Oh, no, no. Yeah, it was awful. I, I I won't even read. Francis's nickname is old, but the other one's nickname she is, is chubby. chubby. So <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with being chubby, <laughs> but if you're chubby and mean, <laughs> then it's a problem. <laughs> She's what very, very mean. What is happening here? I know. So, uh, Bonnie admits... She did engage in this very ugly text war, but she asserts that she was just defending herself and she got it as bad as she gave it, stating that Francis sent her mean messages too. Evidence? No. Well, no, no, no. Francis did send her mean stuff, but it wasn't even anywhere near as bad or the volume. Okay. Francis, Francis even said in the Dateline episode, she's like, I can't text as fast as this woman can. Oh, that <laughs> would be me. Because she, she's like fucking... 50 when this is happening yeah, I, that, she, that would be me. she's hunched over her phone plucking with one with her index she's got finger phone she's got yeah she's right exactly and you know and we you know how us millennials text like we can just yeah exactly so she can't even keep up with all the shit that bonnie is exactly. saying to her got it got right it. um and she and bonnie is emphatic that she never threatened francis but here's the difference. Frances only fought back when she became overwhelmed by Bonnie's slew of vicious texts after text after text after text. Like, it never stopped. Um, so when Frances did lash out, it was because she was literally driven to it by Bonnie's constant harassment. So Frances certainly felt threatened, and I don't blame her. Um, Nikki, the daughter, was living in the home when this was all happening, and she said it was frightening to be in their home, knowing this crazy lady who was obsessed with her father was sitting right outside. Bonnie had over 4,000 pictures of her and Bill on her phone, and she definitely at one point said she would leak them onto Facebook, which is a threat, Bonnie, just so you know. (laughs) So. Insane. Yes. Okay. Um. Now I'm still wondering what the crime is, though. Is that a crime? 
It's not a crime to have I, all those pictures. I know we're talking a lot, but we're going to get there. I promise. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so Bonnie decided to put those pictures of her and Bill, many of them intimate and many of them explicit, to, to disgusting use. Francis and Bill, after the tearful confrontation, decided to get away for the weekend and spend some time alone and try to fix things between them. And Bonnie was not about to let them do that. She bombarded the couple with texts and calls the whole weekend and began sending photos of her and Bill having sex. <laughs> My mom just chugged oh, her wine. You level oh, crazy. No. <laughs> All right, let's go. Oh, you're going to hate this. Bonnie even sent a diagram of a hysterectomy to Francis and called her a hollow bitch because Francis could no longer have children. She's also 50 and people don't bear children. At exactly, 50. exactly. But get over Oh her. my god. Come on. So, um Bonnie admits to sending the diagram but nothing else. She's like, no, this is what Bonnie said. Bonnie said she sent the diagram and no more and no less than three pictures of her butt because Francis had said her ass looked like a broken saddlebag. <laughs> She's sending pictures of her own ass she to sent, another woman. Bonnie sent pictures of her ass to Francis because Francis said her ass looked like a broken saddlebag and good on you, Francis. That's funny. <laughs> but don't you kind of wonder, like, if they just wouldn't have responded? What do you think? I don't know. I know. I mean, I, know. I don't know. It's so hard to say, and I can't even fully blame Francis because if someone was harassing me like this, oh, I know. I'd want to go off on them, too. Like, it's hard. Um, so Frances was just beside herself. She could not take another second of this. And a few weeks after they got home from this dangerous trip, she kind of lost it. Um, on October 9th, Frances started pulling Bill's hair and smacking at him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she, so this is how she describes it. This is how she describes it. They were in the bathroom together and Bill was brushing his teeth. And she just kind of looked over at him and just was like, you fucker. <laughs> started pulling his hair and smacking <laughs> and i don't really blame you know what? her snapping happens people uh, snap and we, okay and there's all of, only so much if you want to look up pictures of francis okay she's a tiny woman she really is like she bill was a big guy like she was not gonna do any damage to this guy so everyone's like oh, don't encourage that i'm not encouraging that okay like if you have a problem with your partner I don't think physical violence or assault is ever the answer, but at the same time... Bill never retaliated, though. Well, I'm going to get to that. Uh, let me get to oh, that. Oh, shoot. Because it does... Fran I'm not saying Frances is 100% innocent here, because she did go a little crazy. Not that I blame her, but she did. Um, When she started the assault, Bill just kind of, like, laughed at her and was uh. like, yeah, and that made her really fucking mad. So she started kicking him, and that made him laugh more. So she got so mad that she went out into the garage and tipped over his Harley Davidson motorcycle <laughs> and just picked up a big stick and started hitting his new car with it. Go girl. Go girl, right? Um, so in response to that, Bill pushed her down in order to stop her. I don't really know if that was like the correct response, but I'm not defending either of them here. I don't think it's a good idea to ever hit your partner. Um, but... None of this is good. Bill left the house after the fight to stay the night at Bonnie's house, which just pisses me off because supposedly Bonnie's been doing all this horrible shit that Bill doesn't like. I don't like Bill. I don't like Bill either. This okay. is That was the part of the story that made me not like Bill was when he was like, I'm going to go stay the night at Bonnie's even though I supposedly hate her and I'm trying to get away from her. Yeah, moving on with that. Are you ready for the crime? Okay. The next day, October 10th, Francis was in a bit of a, a rough state from the fight with Bill yesterday. 
Um, so in order to feel better, she went to her niece's volleyball game with a few family members. She drove to the game in her Cadillac Escalade, and when the game was over, she was returning home along a two-way highway when she spotted Bill on his baby blue motorcycle coming towards her in the opposite lane. And behind Bill was the Hall family's brand new Range Rover. Frances is like, who's driving the Range Rover? And she passes them, and in that moment, Frances locks eyes with Bonnie, Bill's mistress, the woman who has been ruining her life, driving her family car. And Bonnie flips Frances off. That's her response. She looks at Bonnie, I mean, she looks at Frances and she flips her off. And Frances just snaps. She pulls over, calls her daughter Nikki, and she says, I just saw Bill and Bonnie. I'm going to follow them and I'm going to confront her. Nikki, in my opinion, did not give the best response. <laughs> she told her mother, good, go do what you have to do. Just be careful. I don't know if I would have said that. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think I would have been like, I don't think you're in the best frame of mind. To there be is making... no good frame of mind. No, but especially not when you're in. Your... <sighs> don't follow people in cars. Just don't do it. Just got it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's important to note here, um, we're going to bring this up later, that's why it's important, but right after Nikki hung up with her mom, she called Bonnie, and she left her a nasty voicemail that said, I told you to watch your back, you fucking stupid slut. That's what Nikki said to Bonnie. They've been talking? Well, Bonnie has all their phone numbers somehow, so Nikki has her somehow right. too. All I don't right, know. got it. So Frances turns around, she pulls a Yui, she gets behind, um... She gets behind Bonnie and begins closely following Bonnie at a speed between 85 to 90 miles per hour. Frances says she gestured to Bonnie for her to pull over, but um, instead Bonnie began to repeatedly brake check her, okay? So Frances is behind her following her, and Bonnie is repeatedly slamming on her brakes, forcing Frances to slam on her brakes every time Bonnie does. It's like a game of cat and mouse. So Bonnie says she did not brake check Frances, but instead floored it and tried to get away from her. Frances allegedly caught up and was rear-ending Bonnie's car over and over again. This is what Bonnie says, okay? Bonnie was apparently, Bonnie apparently wanted to pull over, but she did not because she was scared for her life and didn't know if Frances had a weapon. Bill somehow, at some point, gets in between the two cars. Okay. Okay. My mom hasn't heard any of this. This is Frances's version of the story. Do you want to, actually, I'm going to ask you, do you want to hear Bonnie's version or Frances's version first? So Bill's on a motorcycle. Bill is on a motorcycle in between Bonnie and Francis. They are all going about 85 to 90 miles per hour. And Bonnie and... Justice is a cruel mistress. <laughs> I, I must Stop. say... <laughs> okay, let's do this. Do you want to hear Francis's version please, first? Please, yes. Francis had a huge slab of granite in the back seat of her car left over from a home renovation project. This slab of granite was thumping and slamming hard against the sides of the car every time she had to brake to avoid hitting Bonnie. Bill was in between them, but Francis says he eventually slowed down and pulled over to the side and dropped back along Francis's right side so she could see him through the passenger window. Suddenly, Bonnie breaks. Francis breaks, and she hears a loud thump. But she assumes it's the granite slab hitting the side of the car again and continues on, thinking Bill is still right behind her. Bonnie pulls a U-turn and Frances follows suit. But this enraged trance she's been in is suddenly broken by this huge gust of wind and this wind howling around her. Frances turns and sees her third row passenger side window is shattered 
And that's when she realizes she can't see Bill anywhere. Now let's hear Bonnie's version of events. Bonnie watched and screamed in horror as Francis raced forward and struck Bill from behind, sending him and his bike flying off the road. But she did not slow down or call 911 yet. She continued for about another mile before finding a spot to make a quick U-turn, and Francis followed her immediately. Bonnie quickly returned to where she had seen Bill crash, and thankfully police were already there because Bonnie and Francis had been spotted by an off-duty officer who'd called it in. So that's the crime. We got two very different versions of it. But both versions... Um, Francis hit him. But in both versions, Francis hit him. Okay. Yes. Um, so what happens is Francis arrives at the scene and she's immediately taken into custody and put into the back of a police car. Um, and she's sitting in the police car and that's when she realizes that when Bill fell alongside her, that's when she must have accidentally hit him. So she's freaking out because she realizes that she accidentally hit him. And she's, she's telling them over and over like, no, I did not do this on purpose. I swear to you. Um, Bill was rushed to the hospital, but, wait, I hate it when I lose my place. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, Bill was immediately rushed to the hospital, but he had not been wearing a helmet. Wear your fucking helmets, people! (laughs) If you ride a motorcycle, wear a helmet. I have only been on a helmet, on a helmet. I have only been on a motorcycle a handful of times in my life, and every single time, me and the person driving have worn a helmet. Wear your helmets, or you will end up like Bill, because Bill suffered- Brain splatter. uh, It was horrific brain trauma. I mean, just awful. His- yeah. Um, he- there was nothing they could do for him. He died a few hours later, and as soon as they found out he was dead, Francis was arrested and charged with the second-degree murder of her husband, and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon for chasing Bonnie. Which just- ugh. It's so- Isn't there a thing like crimes of passion- Put that in your pocket. Okay. Put it in your pocket. So, <laughs> now at the trial, which was three years later, by the way. So during this whole she time. She rotted in prison for three years or she got out? No, she sat in jail for a while, but they did eventually pay her bail. All right. So she she was not in jail the whole three years. Um, Francis's defense team tried to prove to the jury that she had not intentionally struck her husband and caused his death, but the whole thing had been a tragic accident. The prosecution, however, was adamant that Francis was out for blood that day and purposely chased down Bill and ran him off the road. Let's start with the prosecution. See, now I don't have a script anymore. Now I just have notes. (laughs) So the prosecution was representing Bill? The prosecution was just, it was like... the state. The state. So it was the state versus Francis. Um, The DA was actually the person, and they interviewed the DA of San Antonio in the 48 hours documentary and he was like somebody had to pay for this because we cannot Not really well his thing the, this is what he said he was like we cannot allow behavior like this because he'll well, give her a traffic ticket mom she, she did <laughs> she did not intentionally no but she did that's reckless endangerment she could have hurt a lot of people and so could have bonnie and so could have bill they all could have hurt people but francis was the one who started it to be fair she started the car chase. <laughs> My mom is giving me such a look right now. Oh. No, I'm just saying Francis should not have chased after them. That I do agree with. You know, but in the moment, <laughs> don't spit your wine. In the moment, you are not going to have the presence of mind to be able to rationalize, wow, this is dangerous. Yeah. You know no, what I'm that's saying? true. 
The bitch is driving your family car. That's the thing. No, that okay. We're we're gonna get Here to we that. Go. We're gonna get to that. So, but, but let's start with the prosecution. Okay, let's just get that out. You of got me way. all wound up. I know. I'm sorry. That, um. Fun. So the prosecution was putting a lot of stock in the fact that Francis had started the chase and engaged in reckless endangerment. Bonnie was, of course, their star witness, and Bonnie was up on the stand, and they gave her some toy cars and a little toy motorcycle. I'm not even fucking kidding. And she, like, acted out what happened with the cars, and... So she's watching behind her driving 90 yes, miles Yeah, that's an the hour. other thing! That's the other... I'm so glad you pointed that out. She apparently just saw all of this, and I'm like, when did you look at the road, bitch? Did you let Jesus take the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> No. No. Jesus wouldn't take your <laughs> Jesus no. loves everyone. He's, he's not happy no, with you right now. No, Jesus loves everyone. He loves her. I'm not saying he doesn't, but... Yeah. Um, actually, the prosecution... The prosecution didn't really have a whole lot of evidence. They were, they were mostly hoping that, like, the fact that Francis had started it would kind of be, you know, the main factor there. Well, and... And they also, they did, they did use a lot of Francis's text, texts towards Bonnie as, like, evidence, but none of them were, like, threatening. None of them were like, I'm gonna kill you, bitch, or I'm gonna kill Bill. They couldn't ki- kill Bill. They couldn't find anything in Francis's life that would indicate she would want to kill Bill, and... Yeah, it, right, like the psycho grandma. There aren't a lot of us. No, there, no, there are some, but there's not a lot. <laughs> and so, the prosecution didn't really have a lot. The defense, however, um... The defense brought forth a accident reconstruction expert or something like that, and he said there was no physical evidence on Bonnie's car or on Francis's car that the two had ever collided. So Bonnie's saying she rear-ended me at least 15 times, but there is no evidence of that. There's okay, you prove her to be a liar, then why does anything she says hold any th- That's water, what I'm saying. Right? It do- That's what makes me so mad. So... Bonnie claims that when she was in the car and Francis rear-ended her, her purse went flying forward off the passenger seat onto the floor. Now, another prosecution witness, another expert of some sort that was called forward, said he, he... Okay, so this part doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So he said when a vehicle is hit from behind, so if someone rear-ends you, you're gonna go flying backwards into your seat, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of it, and yeah, that's true. If someone rear-ends you... If you're hit to the front, you fly forward. Exactly. So when you think about it, the fact that the purse is on the ground actually proves that Bonnie was brake-checking her. Right. And hitting the brakes. Right. Not that Francis rear-ended her. Um, I don't like where this is going. Don't worry, it's not that bad. Oh, great. (laughs) Evidence showed that Bill's bike also was not struck from behind. And that it was, in fact, hit from the side. So it proved Francis's story. But the the prosecutors were still saying, oh, well, then she just kind of, like, veered to the to the left a little and hit him. Did or they right. prove that that big slab or whatever was in her car? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it was there. It was there. And she was like, well, and Francis, when, and Francis, when Francis was interrogated at the scene, she was like, I swear to you, I did not feel his motorcycle hit my car. I did not feel it. And... I mean, I don't know. I should have done some research on, like, motorcycle accidents to see if that's a common thing where, like, you can hit a motorcycle and not even realize it. No, I just think it's very um, specific to this case Mm -hmm. because of the fact that she had been feeling that um, object 
moving from side to side that she didn't distinguish that from the motorcycle. And they asked her at trial, they were like, if you knew that you had hit Bill, would you have stopped? And she was like, yes, of course I would have stopped. No, I would have backed up and gone back. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, she didn't want to kill her husband. Okay, got it. Say it out loud. She didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) You don't believe it. Stop for a second. Um, now... Unfortunately, Francis was found guilty of second-degree murder and aggravated assault. Um, and That's nonsense. And that carries a potential life sentence. Yeah, it does. Um, however, in Texas, there is a law that allows a defendant to choose whether they are sentenced by a judge or a jury. For some reason, Francis chose the jury, the same jury that had found her guilty of murder. So I thought that was kind of a ballsy move. Um, now, at sentencing, the defense, this is when they brought forth the argument of sudden passion, as you brought up before. Right. Now, Mother, you listened to my first episode, right, about Alma Del Rio, right? Yeah. And we talked about on the first episode how Alberto Cruz also tried to use the sudden passion argument to explain why he killed Alma. He had no ground. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> that was a bullshit way to argue sudden passion right 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 but in this they have they have hundreds upon hundreds of harassing and just vitriolic text messages between not even between francis and bonnie it's mostly bonnie like francis does hit back a couple of times but it's never to the amount that bonnie does and like they can prove they can like look at all of this stuff that Bonnie sent her. Look at all of this stuff she was saying to her. All of this stuff that she was putting her through. And she had to go through this for so well, long. Bill didn't step in to protect her. No, either. he didn't. Bill Ever. didn't do shit. Bill didn't do shit for her. Bill was still torn between her and Bonnie. I know by him. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, and, and I know I just got done saying that Francis should not have chased Bonnie, and I do, I do stand by that, but I understand why she did. I do. Anyone I that has ever been in did. this situation would understand why she did. Mom, remember that one time I chased my boyfriend's car down you the street? You were running. <laughs> you weren't even in a car. I was. I chased someone's car down the street. That's how angry I got. Yeah. Yeah. Try and talk your neighbors down from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't live with you anymore. <laughs> now I can go be crazy in my own neighborhood. You can be crazy <laughs> in your own neighborhood. So, um... Now, this argument of sudden passion was very, very important because this could greatly reduce her sentence from life in prison to a max of 20 years and a minimum of two years. Francis got two years. Way to go, girl. She only got two years. Thank fucking God. Francis Hall was released from prison on September 7th of 2018, a free woman once again. Bonnie was, of course, not happy about this. And was very vocal about the fact that she felt that Bonnie should serve more time for taking such a precious life that she, that Bonnie loved so much. So Francis should have sprung. Yeah, no, Bonnie thinks that Francis should have rotted in prison for killing Bill. For killing, because, because Bill was the love of Bonnie's life. Got it. Doesn't that just make you want to throttle her? <laughs> um, so really quick, the aftermath. Um, Francis is very regretful and remorseful. I mean, her whole life was pretty much... Like, she has to live with the fact that she accidentally caused her husband's death. She has to live with that, and that's very painful for her because she really did truly love her husband. Um, 
But she's very hopeful for the future. Apparently, while she was in jail, her, uh, she was going through some problems with her children, or I guess with her son, Justin. So while Francis was in jail, Justin did file a lawsuit against her uh, for control of Bill's estate. Because when Bill died, he didn't have a will ready. Mm. So everything just went to Francis. And Justin, for a while, I guess, thought that maybe Francis had done it on purpose to get Bill's money. He doesn't feel that way anymore, but at the time he did. So that's why he was trying to get control of, of all of Bill's money. But he, he lost that. You know, that. money messes up families. It really does. In ways that... Justin Justin regrets that now. He does. He, he I have watched the most wonderful, compassionate human beings turn in to uncontrolled savages yeah. over the it's money disgusting. left behind by a loved one. Yeah. It's really it's fucked ridiculous. up. It's ridiculous. It's really fucked up. Yeah. And Justin, like, he feels bad about it. And so, but, and, and like, the, the Hall family is all together now. And, like, that's what I want people to understand is that everybody in the family supports Francis. Even, like, Bill's family. They, they think, they truly believe it was an accident and that Francis did not try to kill Bill. Um, oh, okay. So, this is interesting. Um, Bill, Bill Hall's estate, or, like, the lawyers who, like, had control of his estate in recent years, filed a lawsuit against Bonnie uh, because she may have stolen certain items from Bill. So when they were, like, going through his estate and looking for, for stuff, they were like, huh, some stuff is missing. We think Bonnie took it. <laughs> I, I don't know what the evidence is for that, but it's out there, so I just wanted to share it. The last thing I wanted to say, because Francis has the final word in the Dateline podcast and it's beautiful what she says uh francis wants to make it clear that there is only one love story here and that is the love story between her and bill hall um and it hurts me because bill did not treat her very well no and that really hurts me because francis seems like she was just she is she's still alive she's just such a dedicated and devoted mother and wife and like she just like her family is her everything she reminds me of you like Aww. she no she does like like she's just the perfect mom and i just can't imagine i don't know it just it still hurts me but francis said the best thing about bonnie and i know you'll love this so francis said that she feels bad for bonnie because bonnie is going to have to spend her whole life searching for the right man and francis says i had the right man for 32 years and she's like and sh- and francis is like i know he cheated on me I know he had his issues, but I stand by what I said, that those were the happiest 32 years of my life, and that I do not regret loving Bill, and that I will always love Bill Hall. Wow. Yeah. What do you think of all that, Mom? That's the end of the story. In this whole scenario, there is only one true victim here, and that's Francis. Yes. Poor, sweet, beautiful Francis. And not to mention the kids... Oh, and I know. the shit that the kids went through. And the grandchildren. And the grandchildren. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And it's just like, you know, come on, folks. Here's... Respect the... yeah. relationships. Yes. Respect families. Yes. Respect the commitment yes. made. And here's the thing, is that if you really, really, truly feel like you can't be committed to the person you're committed to anymore, then, okay, go about it the right way. You know, like, and that's why, because you said to me when we were eating mountains of pasta earlier <laughs> that um 
And I think Bill really tried to get out of the relationship. And I, I did just feel that way at first. To, no, yeah. I stopped you cold. <laughs> because you have a voice. You do. And Francis could have, you know, not mm-hmm. liked the decision you were making. But if that was your choice, mm-hmm. then you get out of the relationship. Right. Yeah. Right? That was always the case I made in my own personal experience with this. Was like, right, right. If you want it out, you just could, yeah. get out right right I there's mean, no reason to drag people's lives and their emotions yeah. and their sanity yeah. through this kind of craziness the thing that i think people need to understand is that if you get more than one person more than two people involved in a relationship i mean i'm sorry i mean unless it's like a, a consensual polyamorous relationship but if it's, my mom's looking at me like a what <laughs> There are people who are in relationships. I got it. I know they're out there. Of like three or more. I can't I don't okay. know what to say to you. So, okay. They exist, mother. I said I know they're out there. I know. I, no, I, I my mother that. my mother is very progressive. No, she's a Democrat. Great. <laughs> Yay. No, but I mean, but I just don't know. Like, it's going to be a recipe for disaster. There is no way that is going to end well. No. There's no way. So that's what I mean. Like. You know, especially, I guess with married people, not that I understand it, but with married people, it's kind of like, I can kind of get like the infidelity thing in a way, simply, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not excusing it. What I mean is like, it makes more sense in that context when you're married to somebody. I don't understand people who are just in like boyfriend, girlfriend relationships and cheat on each other. Like, you can just break up with the other person. (laughs) You know what See, I mean? They, yeah. Okay. So there's the whole fairy tale fallacy about love and marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And that this is always going to be some kind of freaking Camelot, right? <laughs> okay. Now, like, it's not welcome to reality. Like JFK's Camelot, because apparently, no, that was messy. Because but he I'm was talking about sleeping with Marilyn Monroe. Apparently, I'm talking about Arthur, <laughs> King Arthur, and the Camelot. Okay. Yeah. Um, even that was a little messy. But anyway, um. I'm Let's just, not go to Camelot at the same place. I'm just, I'm just saying that women's in lakes distributing swords are no basis for a government. Sorry. Yes. Okay. So, um, but that's not what marriage is. Marriage is a commitment. Marriage is a, a giving. It's a selflessness. Yes. Right? Yes. And I if, wouldn't know I'm not married, but If yeah. you're mm. not there... Get out. Mm-hmm. Like, if your head and your heart is not there, yeah. don't torture the other person. Especially what the hell if are you, you doing? Especially if you have kids. Oh, my Lord. Because then you're, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, if you can't be that mm-hmm. person, yeah. eh, get out. Because here's the thing is that I'm going to respect someone a hell of a lot more for doing it the right way than them just up and abandoning their family or, you know, just going on... A adultery spree because well, it's all they can think of, of only to do. you. Yeah, thinking right? of only you. You exactly. are not the only person in this relationship. Exactly. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, Mom, any closing thoughts before we do the outro? I'm incensed. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please go follow me on um at no. <laughs> How much wine have I had? <laughs> I haven't been t- keeping I, track. <laughs> Please go follow me on Instagram at Hear No Evil Pod. My mother is not on social media because she has better things to do with her time. 
do. <laughs> E-learning. Yeah. No, my mom. Shoot me now. Yeah, my mom is a teacher, so this oh. has been rough on her. I told them in the last episode, I don't have to do, like, all the shit oh, you do with, like, ouch. daily lessons and stuff. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. Big ouch. When are you done with school? May 22nd. But we just learned that all the kiddos, and I love them, that have not bothered to turn anything in since March-ish. Mm-hmm. Get the last week of May to turn all their shit in so we can grade it. Good. So you're just going to get hundreds. I'm hun- so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying not to judge. No, it's all good. It's, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, my God. We're going to make this oh work. Because <laughs> I teach seniors that don't get a commencement. Yeah. Don't get a prom. Yeah. Don't get so like my yeah. heart goes out to these kiddos. And they they're, are good. they are good kids. They're good kids. They are. My mom Can I do, really quick before we go? One my one of my favorite stories about my mother is one <laughs> one day she was grading like senior I don't no, it was just a test. I think it was just It was test. just a test. I was about to say like term papers, but no, it was just like a test or something. <laughs> I just kind of like meander into the room while she's grading. And I look at her, and I she just has, like, this furrowed brow, extremely irritated look on her face. And she looks at me, and she says, Sometimes I talk to my students through my papers. And she slowly lifts the paper up to her lips and whispers, You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't mean it. But I, I didn't them. mean it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of You're No Evil. I will see y'all next week. Bye. Say bye.